All right, Chabosai. All right, Chabosai, let's begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Av. Maxim Rendelopkovsky, in honor of Yitzchak Mayer's upcoming bar mitzvah. Dr. Riva Mitzner, commemoration of the first yard site of her father, Dr. Larry Schenk, Aryeh Ben Chaim, Zichron Livracha, Jack Bennett, in memory of Sergeant Omer Taviv, who was killed by a Hamas anti tank missile on May 12, 2021, and our Week of Learning sponsor, Shmuel and Shira Artman, in honor of the birth of a baby girl to Jesse and Rivka Mayravitz. Mazel tov to the Mayravitz Mishpacha, Mir Tashem de Shabizorcha, Legadla Torah, Lechopa. And above with that, let us let us begin. So we actually have a, a really incredible daf ahead of us ahead of us today. Sorry, ahead of us today. So we, today's daf is Chav Chas twenty eight, and we are picking up on Chav Zayin Amud Beis twenty seven B. We're actually picking up at Tanur Rabbanon two four six eight ten twelve. 13 lines up from the bottom on 27b. A really incredible Gemara. So turn Rabbanon. Maiser Rabbi Eliezer Shashavas Begadil Ha'elyon Bisukaso Shal Yochanan Berebi Eloi Bikisari. There was a story that one time Rabbi Eliezer went to go ahead and spend time. Now Shashavas means spend time. It doesn't, we'll see it, whether it's Shabbos, whether it's Sukkis. We'll see exactly when this spending of time is occurring in just a moment. So Rabbi Eliezer went to the sukkah of Yochanan Berebi Eloi in the city of Kesari. Okay, the Machluk is where it was. What was happening? So in, in Yochanan's sukkah, the sun was seeping in. The sun was seeping in. So Yochanan says to Rabbi Eliezer, Am I allowed to go ahead and put a sheet up by the schach in order to go ahead and block out some of the sun? If you take a look at Rashi, Rashi says, So we're going to see, by the way, his shayla was not a shayla in schach. His shayla was a shayla in Hilcho Shabbos. In other words, a sukkah is a temporary structure. By putting up a sheet to block out the sun, am I adding on to a structure on Shabbos, which could be an issue of bona? You'll see why, yeah, I don't want to spoil the end of the story. It actually wasn't sukkah. They were just sitting in a sukkah, but it wasn't sukkah. So it wasn't a schach shayla, but rather it was a Hilcho Shabbos shayla. Amrlo, so Rabbi Elahi, excuse me, Rabbi Eliezer doesn't respond. Instead, Amrlo, so Rabbi Eliezer says, you know, I was thinking that every single tribe of Israel had at least one judge who issued forth from it. So I was supposed to say, Rabbi Eliezer doesn't answer the question. Doesn't answer the question, just shares, okay, I guess it's an interesting piece of information, but totally irrelevant to the discussion at hand. Fine. Now the sun continues to pour in. Literally translated, the sun came into the middle of the sukkah. So now the sun continues to pour into the sukkah. Once again, Yochanan asks Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi, can I put a sheet up in the sukkah? So, Amrlo, So, and then Rabbi Eliezer responds again, by the way, 
Every tribe in Israel had Nevi'im, had prophets who issued forth from it. Shevet Yehuda Binyamin Hamidu Melachim Alpi Nevi'im. But Yehuda Binyamin, they had kings who were appointed by prophets. So once again, Yochanan asking the question, Rabbi Eliezer not answering. And not only not answering, but you know, you know, saying stuff, interesting, interesting ideas, but nothing totally irrelevant to the discussion. So at this point in time, the sun is literally right at the feet of Rabbi Eliezer. So now the sun is going to be beating down on Rabbi Eliezer. At this point, Yochanan realizes that he's not getting an answer from Rabbi Eliezer. So what does he do? Not all Yochanan sudden upiresh Allah. Yochanan took a sheet, he put it up by the roof of the sukkah in order to block out the sun. As soon as he did that, Hifshil Rabbi Eliezer Talisa Lachorov Yatza. Rabbi Eliezer put out his cloak, put on his cloak, and walked out of the sukkah. They will say, listen to this, says the Gemara, It's not because Rabbi Eliezer was upset with Yochanan. It's not, it's not what it was. Listen to this, Rabbi Eliezer was makbid. He never said something that he did not hear in the name of his Rabbi. He just, he, he never issued a ruling that he did not hear the name of his Oh, so now the story makes a little bit more sense. So what happened in the story? Yochanan was asking him a shayla. Was Rabbi Eliezer capable of answering the shayla? Absolutely. But Rabbi Eliezer had made for himself a personal code of conduct. And in that personal code of conduct, he did not relate anything that he, he did not relate anything that he did not hear in the name of his Rabbi. He essentially... Excuse me, he did not issue his own rulings. He did not issue his own piskalacha. If he heard it in the name of his Rebbe, he would share it. If he didn't hear it in the name of his Rebbe, then what? He just wouldn't say anything. He just, that, if, uh, hence, the reluctance to go ahead and answer the Shaila. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, I'm sorry, first of all, how was Rabbi Eliezer able to do this? After Gnabosa, remember again, now the assumption is, Again, I kind of ruined it a little bit, but the assumption is that it was Sukkis, right? Rabbi Eliezer had a dramatic psak halacha in yesterday's daf. What was his psak, right? Shivas yomim tasa lecha sukkah, which means that again, one sukkah for all seven days. If Rabbi Eliezer is leaving the sukkah of Yochanan and he's going to another sukkah, how is that permitted? Isn't it one sukkah per person per the entire yomtiv? To which the Rabbi Eliezer. You're not allowed to go from one sukkah to another. To which the Gemara says, Regal Achar Havi. No, 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 it wasn't sukkahs. It wasn't sukkahs. It was a different yamtiv. I, why were they in the sukkah? Why were they in the sukkah? Because it was nice outside. It was nice outside. You know, again, you could come up, you know, people have this all the time where like a person has a pergola. So you could, you know, person left up the walls. They left up their sukkah after sukkahs. So it's beautiful to sit outside. Now it's Pesach. Okay, it's still Pesach and my sukkah's up. But Lamai said it's beautiful. So they were sitting outside in the sukkah, but it was not the yumtiv of sukkahs. To which the Gemara says, aye, if that's the case, but one second, Rabbi Eliezer said in yesterday's daf that you're not supposed to leave your home during the regalim. V'samachta, right? You're supposed to have the mitzvah of simcha with your mishpacha. So even if it wasn't sukkis, Rabbi Eliezer said you should stay home. So how is it that Rabbi Eliezer was leaving his home to go to Yochanan? To which the Gemara answers, Shabbos, Havi. It was Shabbos. <laughs> okay. So it wasn't sukkis. 
It wasn't yomtiv. It was a Shabbos. And therefore, I will say again, as I mentioned to you before, the shaila that Yochanan was asking is, am I allowed to put up a sheet by the top of this sukkah, by the top of this structure? Is that a problem with adding on to a structure on Shabbos or not? That was the shaila. To which the Gemara says, well, if that was the shaila, the tifshot lemididei, Rabbi Eliezer himself actually had previously addressed that shaila. Where did he address it? This nan, pekaka chalon. We'll say pekaka chalon are window shutters. But remember again, the shutters of the Gemara are not like our shutters today, right? You say, so right, you have shutters today on a window, the shutters are on a pivot, and you just pivot them back and forth. Remember, that's not how it was. These shutters were removable. Right? So you would take them out, you would put them in. So, Rabbi Eliezer hold like this. If the shutter was tied to the structure, and when the shutter was out and it hanged down, Hung down and hung down, right? Hung down, it was suspended, you know, over the ground. So literally it was hanging. Then you could put that in, take that out on Shabbos because that is considered to be an active part of the structure. However, again, if it's either not attached or it is attached, but it rests on the ground, you can't put that in and take that out because that's considered to be adding to and detracting from the structure. The Chacham say, the Chum say no. Either way, you're permitted to go ahead and put in the shutters and take out the shutters. So both say, Sir Rabbi Eliezer seems to be pretty explicit. Based on this, would you be allowed to put the sheet on, a sheet, sheet up on top of the roof of the Sukkot Shabbos? No. No, because again, you're introducing something new to the structure. Even though it's a temporary thing, you would be adding on to a structure of Shabbos. It should be usher. So why was it even a Shiloh? Top of Chavches. Hasam Hudimevatl. Aval Halcha Dulomevatl. Rashi says over here, Hasam Mevatale, Lahai Pekak Legabe Chalod, the Chashiv Le Mikosa Atzmo Hilcha, Havi Mosif. Aval Sodin, Anan Sahadi Dol Mevatale Legabe Sukha, the Sofo Litlo, Hilcha Lop Shita Rabbi Eli Ezra de la Havi Mosif. So just the Gemara answers, there are really two different cases, because in the case of the shutter, one is Mevatal the shutter to the structure, right? The, the shutter becomes part of the structure. But with the sheet, it's clear that it's not your intention to leave it there. So maybe that's not really called adding on to a structure. So because of that piece of ambiguity, <coughs> Rabbi Eliezer did not answer the question. So really you have two things going on over here. It doesn't resemble the case in Shabbos of the window shutter. And then plus the fact that Rabbi Eliezer himself never said anything over that he did not hear from his Rebbe. So he never heard a particular ruling in this case, therefore never shared it. But say, we're not finished with this. Tan Rabbanon, my said Rabbi Eliezer, Sheshavas Begalel Ha'elyon. Listen to this. One time, Rabbi Eliezer spent Shabbos in the upper Galil. In the upper Galil. V'sha'aluhu shloshim halachos behilchos sukkah. They asked him 30 halachos in hilchos sukkah. 30 shaylos in hilchos sukkah. Twelve of them he answered by saying, Oh, I heard this particular ruling from my Rebbe. Eighteen of them, eighteen of them, he said, I never heard from my Rebbe. I never heard. And therefore, again, he did not, he did not answer. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda, Omer, Chilof Hadvarim. Rabbi Yossi says just the opposite. Shmona Asar Amalam Shamati. Eighteen of them, he said, Oh, I, I heard this from my Rebbe. Here's the answer. Twelve of them, he said, I never heard this before. So we'll say the people of the, of the upper Galil 
were very intrigued by this because they said, Amrulo, kol dvarecha enon shmua. So they said, Rabbi Eliezer, essentially they said, Rabbi Eliezer, like, don't you have any of your own piski halacha? Like, really, all, all, all you say is what you heard from your Rebbe? Like, they were, they were just surprised. It seemed strange because what it seemed like was maybe he wasn't a Talmud Chacham in his own right. And the only thing he was comfortable in relaying was what he heard from his Rebbe. But they clearly saw that was not the case. They were just surprised. Amr Laham, so he said to them, his kaktuni lomar davar shelo Now you're going to force me to say something over that I did not hear from my Rebbeim. Right? So Rabbi Leza said, you know, again, I guess now I have to explain to you my conduct. And Rabbi Eliezer said, it's not the pshat, essentially we're going to see, it's not the pshat that I don't have my own rulings. Or it's not the pshat that I'm not capable of coming up with my own rulings. I accept it upon myself a certain code of conduct for life. And this is my code of conduct. This is what I live by. And I've also said, it's actually quite beautiful because it is here that Rabbi Eliezer shares his code of conduct. Me am I? Lo kidmani. Say, first of all, also you should know the Rabbi Eliezer that we are referring to over here is Rabbi Eliezer ben Hurkunus. We're, we're going to know that in just a moment because we're going to see who his Rabbi is. So listen to this. Me am I? Lo kidmani hamedrish. So number one, Rabbi Eliezer says, no one ever got to the base medrash before me, right? I was always first person in the base medrash. V'lo yashanti lo shinas keva v'lo shinas arai. I never fell asleep in the base medrash. Not a nap, not a nap, or not something more solid. I will say, not falling asleep in shul is a, is a big thing. It's an incredible accomplishment. So I will say, so I never fell asleep in the base medrash. Not a nap, not a shinas keva. V'lo hinachti adam a base medrash v'yatsasi. And I was always the last person to leave. Last person to leave. Right? I would say, first in, right? First in, last out. Right? At, at the end of the day, no, no, no one ever got in before me, and no one ever left after me. I never spoke sichas. I will say, it's very important. Does this mean that Rabbi Eliezer always spoke words of Torah and never spoke anything that was unrelated to Torah? You know, sichas chulin means meaningless chatter. That my words were purposeful. I never spoke things that weren't purposeful. And I, and I took it upon myself that I never said something over that I didn't hear from my Rebbe. So I'll say, so now Rebbe, Rebbe Eliezer says, you have to understand, it, this, this not saying something over that I didn't hear from my Rebbe is part of a much bigger picture of who I am. And I'll say, if you think about this, by the way, this actually is really incredible because what Rabbi Eliezer is saying over here is this, is, this was his personal recipe for greatness. Be the first one in the base medrash. Be the last one to leave. Because if you're the first one in the base medrash, it means you want it more than everyone else. And if you're the last person to leave, it means you want it more than everyone else. And if you don't engage in sichas chulin, meaningless chatter, it means that you are a purposeful, driven individual. And if you're not sleeping in the base medrash, it means that you realize that there is so much to accomplish. The recipe for greatness, Rabbi Lezer says, is actually not that all complicated. It's just an incredible commitment to a vision of excellence. 
That's what it is. It's commitment to a vision. Right? I will say, I, what I want to point out to you, by the way, is if you notice, you know, it doesn't say like, like he learned a million hours a day. It, it says that he was just driven. He was driven. I, I want to show you something amazing. Let's say I saw, I saw it quoted actually um, in the Sefer, in the Sefer, Oale Shem. I, I don't know who, I don't know who the Oale Shem is. He makes an amazing observation, I will say. Who is the first Tana quoted in Shas? The first Tana quoted in Shas. Me'imasai Koronashma Ba'arvin. Mishashakana Mikhnasana Khobuchmasana Sofashma Rashona. Divrei Rabbi Eliezer. So the Oli Shem says, Do you know what the do you know what the reward for being the first one in the base medrash every single day is? You're the first person in Shas. You're the first person in Shas. We'll say what an incredible and overwhelming thing. There are plenty of reasons to come late. Plenty of reasons to come late. Excellence does not come from tardiness. Right? Excellence comes from those who push themselves to be the first. To be the first, I'm not after the first. But, but to be there, you know, we'll say, what does it mean when a person is early for something? It means that I recognize something important is happening. Something important is happening. And again, brother, you can apply this in life, in life in general. In life in general. When I'm late for something, it means that it's just not as important to me as other things in life. But if I'm there early, if I'm again, I'm the first person in the base medrash, then that, what that means is that is of paramount importance to me. You're the first person in the base medrash, you're the first person in Shas. And I will say, I'll just say one more thing about this, which is incredible. Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus, I will say, did not come from a rabbinic family. This is, this is incredibly important. You know the story of Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus very, 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 very quickly. The Medrash brings down Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus was, was his, his father, Horkinus, was a very wealthy landowner. And, and Rabbi Eliezer was working the fields. And one day his father found him, his father found him um, sitting in the corner of a field crying. So his father thought that maybe he had given him a parcel of land that was too rocky. So he said, don't cry, I'll give you another parcel of land. So what happened? So that Rabbi Lesbian Horkinus, then, okay, puts another parcel. Next day, father finds him crying again. So father says, what, what's, what's the problem? To which Rabbi Lesbian, to which Eliezer and Horkinus says, dad, I want to go and learn Torah. I want to go and learn Torah. He was ignorant. And his father told him essentially this, and you're already 20, right? Uh, Altakaka already at 20 years old. You know nothing. Nothing will ever become of you in the world of Torah. You will amount to nothing in the world of Torah. Be a good farmer. Be a good farmer. Besides the fact of how, how disastrous it is to have a parent who tells you you can't be what you really want to be. At the, this is Rabbi Eliezer. And yet again, the Gemara says, the Medrash brings down, he packed his bags, he left home, and he went to learn Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. He's Rabbi, as we'll see in just a moment. So I just want to point out that, that becoming the first Tana in Shas does not require you to have a pedigree of Tamidi Chachamim, you know, 15 generations back. It just requires an unwavering commitment to excellence. And if I have that unwavering commitment to excellence, I'm going to be the first in the base medrash. I'm going to be the last to leave. I'm going to be careful what I speak about. I'm not going to miss out on life opportunities. There's no telling what you could accomplish no matter what family you hail from. Incredible. The Gemara goes weiter. Amru alava Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. So I'll say, I just mentioned to you, Rabbi Eliezer just said, I never said anything over that I didn't hear in the name of my Rabbi. Who is, who is Rabbi Eliezer's Rabbi? 
Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. And what's Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai? Say, I'm Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Miyamav lo sach sichas chulin. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai also never engaged in meaningless chatter. Velo halach dalet amos belo Torah ubelo tefillin. And he never walked for more than four amos without Torah and without tefillin. In other words, there was a, that wherever he went, he was accompanied by meaning. There was no such thing as Dalit Amas traveled without meaning. No one ever got to the base Medrash before him. He never slept in the base Medrash. And he never thought about Torah in unclean alleyways. I will say this is an interesting one. So, you know, he never, okay, I, I mean, I, I, there are plenty of times I don't think about Torah, right? So, I mean, I don't, usually don't get like a shkayach for that. But say, so, wait, what, 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 what does that mean? It means that, you know, sometimes when we learn, it's not so clear that we're learning for the Ribbon Shalom. Right, because as Yitzhar and everything, and sometimes I learn Torah because again I want covet, I want honor, I want accolades. So how do you know when you're learning the Shmuel, you're not learning the Shema? So sometimes when you know that it's time to learn, time not to learn, when you get to the Mavos Hametunafos, if it's just about my mental or intellectual stimulation, I continue to learn. But if I recognize that I need to shut this down because this is not a covered la Hashem, that's a display that my, that my Torah is L'Shem Shamaim. Same idea, he was the last to leave the base Medrash. No one ever found Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai in the base Medrash daydreaming. Elo Yoshev Vishona. Rather, he was always actively learning. But so listen to how beautiful this is. Pasach Adam Delis He opened the door of the base Medrash for his Talmidim. I would say this was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Right? This was a Rebbe. A Rebbe, a true Rebbe, never thinks that he is above his Talmidim. A true Rebbe never thinks that he is better than his Talmidim. But a true Rebbe ultimately understands that it is his Talmidim that give him purpose for his existence. He held the door open for his Talmidim. Incredible. This is incredible. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai never said anything over that he did not hear the name of his Rebbe. Now we're going to see Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's Rebbe was... Hillel, as we'll see. We'll say, I always find that, I hope you find it interesting as well. Even if you're done, I'm still going to talk about it. Which, which is, you know, it, it's fascinating for you to learn. I, 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 we don't learn in yeshiva, at least I never learned in yeshiva. Like, who's who's ready, right? How, how, how everybody relates to each other. When you begin to understand, you begin to see it, it's quite fascinating. Because then you see the transmission of certain ideas from Rabbi Thomas. So we'll say, here's a perfect example. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, never said anything over that he did not hear in the name of his Rebbe. And now his Talmud, Rabbi Eliezer, never says anything over that he... And now Rabbi Eliezer's whole list for the actualization of personal greatness pretty much mirrors his Rebbe's list, right? There are, there are some minor differences, both in content and in order, but Lamaisa, in essence, they're the very same thing. It's incredible. And Rabbi Yochanan Zakai never said, okay, guys, closing time, time to get up from the base Medrash, with the exception of Arab Pesach and Arab Yom Kippur, where there is a mitzvah to leave the base Medrash, Arab Yom Kippur to go and have your Suda, Arab Pesach to go ahead and, well, times the base of Mikdash, offer up your current Pesach, 
or get ready for Yom Tiv. And we see now that Rabbi Eliezer, Ben Horkinus, the Talmud Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai, conducted himself much in the same way as his Rabbi did. Well, see, I'll point out just something very interesting to consider, that it's fascinating to say that Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai never said over anything that he did not hear in the name of his Rabbi, which I would say is incredibly dramatic. Why is it dramatic? Because Rabbi, I, I would venture to say that Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai is one of those people for whom we have to credit the continuity of Klal Yisrael. Right? Because remember again, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was a pivotal figure during the times of the Chorban of the second base Hamikdash. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai introduces the concept of Zechel the Chorban, Zechel the Mikdash. He instituted many novel ideas. So it must, it must be, it must be that when the Gemara says over here that he never said anything over that he did not hear the name of his Rebbe, that was prior to the Chorban. But after the Chorban, it becomes clear that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was an incredible innovator because the times demanded it, because it was recognized that Klaus was facing an existential threat of extinction, and he stepped in to save the day. Incredible. Let's go back there. Right there. Tanur Abanan, these are, these are incredible Gimaras. Tanur Abanan, Shmona Tamidu Hilal Listen to this. Hilal, Hilal had 80 Tamidim. Shloshemehem. 30 of them were fit for prophecy like Moshe Rabbeinu. 30 of them were fit for the sun to stand still like it did for Yoshua in the, in the war of Givon. Right? It should be Givon. And 20 of them were just regular guys. Now, both say, now, now remember, to be regular guy in the class where 30 are roi for nevuah and 30 are roi for the sun to stand still in the middle of the sky, it's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. Godl Shabakulin Yonasan Ben Uziel. Bosegari for this Gemara. The greatest of Hillel's Tamidim was Yonasan Ben Uziel. Targum Yonasan. We have on the Chomish Yonasan Ben Uziel. Khatan Shabakulan, Rabbi Yochan Ben Zakai. We'll say, who, who was the bottom of the class? Who was the bottom of the class in, in, in Hillel's class? Who was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai? Amru alav Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi let's talk about the person who was on the bottom of the rung over here, the last rung of the class. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Shiloh mikra umishna gemara halachas agadas diktuke Torah diktuke sofrim kalim chamurim gzeir shavas tekufos gematrios sichas malachi asharis sichas shedim sichas tekalim mashalos kopsin mashalos shualim davar gadol davar katan. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai learned everything. He learned everything, everything. So the Gemara says, what does it mean, Davar Gadol? What, what does it mean, Davar Gadol? My Semer Kava. Right, that's the, that's the, that's the vision of Yicheskel. Davar Katan, Havayos Da Abayi Berava. These are the questions of Abayi and Rava. Lekai Mashinemar, Lahanchil Oavei Yeishvos, Vosem Amalei. Ay, Vichimi Achar Shekatan Shebekulon, Kach Gadol Shebekulon, Alachas Kama Vakama. The Rebbe say, if Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was the least important of Hillel's Talmidim. And again, you see, he learned everything. And by the way, he learned the revealed and, and the hidden, right? The, the, the Torah Sanigla and Torah Sanistar. You see, again, all these things. What does it mean? The conversations of the conversations of the angels, the mashalos of the Shualim, the conversations of the palm trees, astronomy. He knew everything. So if this is Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh, can you imagine Yonasan ben Uziel? Amr Allah al Yonasan ben Uziel was the top of Hillel's Talmidim. B'Shah she'yosheva osik batora kol ofsha parech alav miyad nisraf. It was said about Yonasan ben Uziel 
that when he would learn, if a bird flew overhead, it was incinerated by the fire that shot off from Yonas and Ben Oziah. So say, this was the Hevra, this was the Hevra of Hillel. And it also teaches us something absolutely amazing. And I will say, there's another Gemara where, um, where, where Hillel was on his deathbed and the Talmudim came to visit, came to be Mavakacholo to their Rebbe. And Hillel specifically asked for Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Right? And he called Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai the Av Bechachma and Av Bedoros. The father of wisdom and the father of generations. There was something amazing happened, which is even though Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was not the top of the class, right? He was not. He was not. He was not the biggest Talmud Chacham. But what Hillel saw in him were certain leadership qualities that none of the other Talmudim, even Yonasan ben Uziel, possessed. Which is such an incredible yisod that different people bring different things to the table. So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai wasn't the greatest Talmud Chacham, but Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was the one who literally saved the day. Saved the day when after the Chorban. He, he was the one who steadied the ship when everything and everyone else was falling apart. It's just an interesting thing because sometimes, especially with children, we often tend to gauge success academically. Right? And, you know, what's, what's, what's the gauge of, of, of success? Oh, you did well, you did this, you did that. Which, 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 which is good, of course, it's good to encourage academic achievement, but just as important within our children to try to help cultivate and find their unique kohos. Because often, it's not the people who do the best on the test that are successful or make a real roshem in the world, but it's the person who really activate and cultivate their talents and abilities who really make a difference. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai wasn't the top of the class, right? He didn't graduate. What is it called? Um, what is it? Magna, magna, magna cum laude, right? Summa cum laude. Right? He, was, he wasn't, right? He didn't get the special colored ribbon at the graduation ceremony. He just saved Klaal Yisrael. He just saved Klaal Yisrael. And there are many people smarter than him and wiser than him and greater Talmudi Chachamim than him, yet we don't even know their names. But Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is a name that everyone will know and will always know for all time. <laughs> Incredible Yisod. Says the Mishnah. Both say back to the Mishnah. We're not finished with the Agarata yet. There's still more to come. Mishai Roshi Rubov a little, a little blast from the past over here. Somebody was sitting in their sukkah. And what happened? Rosha Veruba Vesukkah. My head and the majority of my body was in the sukkah. Vishulchana Vesukkah Bayis. But my table is in my, is in my house. So we'll say here, it's a very large, it's a very large sukkah. You know how you could imagine this? Imagine you have a, a, a deck off of your, off of your dining room, right? And you have sliding doors. So what do you do? You build your sukkah on your deck. You don't want to move out your dining room table. So you have a great chap. What do you do? You move it to the edge of the house. So the table's in the house. I'm sitting in the sukkah, but my table's inside the house. What's the halacha? Beishamai posts Beishel Machshirin. Beishamai says it's possible. We've seen this before. Beishamai says it's possible. Why? Because Beishamai is concerned. Gzeira Shema Yimashech Achar Shulchano. There is a concern that what's going to happen? You're going to follow your table, which I will say makes sense because again, if the table's on the inside, first of all, just even leaning in to eat, you're leaning into the house, and it makes sense that there's a concern you may come to follow into the house. Beishel Machshirin. Beishel says no, not a problem. You're good to go. So says but this happened. The elders of Beishamai went to went to visit Rabbi Yochanan. 
Ben Achoronis, Umatsosha Yoshev Rosho Besuko, Bishokhan Besukabais, and they found him with this setup. His body was in the sukkah, his table was in the house. And they said to him, Amrulo Dover. They did not say anything to him. So I'll say the fact that they didn't say anything to him indicates that what? That what? Shtiga Koda. Silence is actually the essence. The sukkah is kosher. Amrulo. So the Beishamai said, Amrulo, Amrulo Dover. I'm sorry. Amrulo Hem Beishamai. Misham Raya, that's your Raya. Af Haim Amrulo. They said to him, they said to him, it's always great inviting company over, right? It's such a nice, such a nice day. By the way, thanks, right? The Suda was delicious. And just by the way, if this is the way you've been filling the mitzvah of Sukkah, you've never fulfilled the mitzvah in your entire life. So Veshamai says, they did say something to him that this is not going to fulfill the mitzvah of Sukkah. Fine. Weiter. Nashim uvavad muktam pturmin ha-sukkah. Women, servants, and minors are all pata from sukkah. A child who does not require his mother is chayv in sukkah, says the Mishnah story. In one time, Shammai's daughter-in-law gave birth. And what did Shammai do? What did Shammai do? He removed the roof on top of the baby's crib. Right? And in order to put schach on top of the crib. First of all, don't do that without asking your daughter-in-law first. Right? That's uh, not, not good for father-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. So, even, so we'll say, so again, we'll see how to, we'll see how to work all of this together in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, we're going to focus now over here, interestingly enough, on the patur of women. How do I know that women are pata from sukkah? The Tan Rabbanon, Ezrach, Pazik says, Kol Ezrach when it says ha ezrach, So I'll say ezrach would have included everyone. Ha ezrach, the extra hay over there, comes to limit it and said only the men are chayv in sukkah, women are not. Kol Kol comes to include kitanim. Again, we'll, we'll, we'll explain exactly what this means in just a bit. Amr mar ha ezrach lahotiyasanashim. Okay, so he's saying the word ha ezrach. The residents will go ahead and have to sit in the sukkah. So that means men and comes to exclude women. Really? Do you mean to say that in general the word Ezrach itself usually comes to include men and women? After all, the Gemara Sabatani we learned, Ha Ezrach, the Rabos as Hanoshim, Ha Ezrachios, Shechayavos Bi'inui. So we'll say this is by Yom Kippur. The Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, on the tenth of on the tenth of Tishrei, Beisrael the Chodesh Shanuos Nafshoseichem the Chomelocha Lo Sasu Ha Ezrach VaHagera Gar Besochachem. And the Gemara Darshins over here that what that Ha Ezrach comes to include women. That women are also Chayavos in the obligations or the afflictions of Yom Kippur. So the Gemara says Nashah Ezrach Yoshchayavos Binui Alma Ezrach Gavri Mashma. Suppose you see from here that Ha Ezrach comes to include women. Ezrach by itself just includes men. Amarava Rava says no. In reality, it is a halacha lemoshe misinai, and the rabbanon just went ahead and superimposed or juxtaposed that halacha lemoshe misinai on a pasuk. To which I will say, so now we have two things over here. We have that women are exempt from sukkah, and that women are chayavos in the afflictions of Yom Kippur. So what it sounds like from the Gemara is that one of those things is learned out from a pasuk, and one of those things is, is a halacha l'moshim sinai. To which the Gemara says, Hey, krab, hey, hilchasa. 
which one is learned from the Pasuk, and which one is Allah HaLam HaShem Yisinai. Vesu, Kra, Lamali, Hilchasa, Lamali. Furthermore, why do I need a Pasuk? Why do I need Allah HaLam HaShem Yisinai? There's a much simpler reason to exempt women from Sukkah. Why? Sukkah, Mitzvah, Asei, Shazman, Grama. Vichol, Mitzvah, Asei, Shazman, Grama, Nashi, Peturos. I don't understand. Right? Sukkah is a time-bound Mitzvah. And we'll say, what's Allah when it comes to time-bound Mitzvahs? Women are exempt. Sigmar says, furthermore, Yom Kippur, Midrav Yehuda Morav Nafka, Dermav Yehuda Morav, Vechin Tram Dere Bishmal, Amar Kra, Ish O Isha, Amar Beis. Heshva, Kosov, Ish, Le Isha, Isha, Le Ish, Le Chol, Onchen Shabbat Torah. Furthermore, again, I will say, I don't need a special limud, I don't need a special limud for Yom Kippur, why? Because when it comes to prohibitions, I will say, when it comes to prohibitions, men and women are treated equally, right? Men and women are, right, the positive is quoting, Dabra Bnei Yisrael, O Ish, O Isha, Kiyasumi Kol Chatos HaAdam. When it comes to prohibitions, men and women are the same. So what's your Gemara is asking, why are you looking for a limud for Sukkah and a limud for Yom Kippur? Like, it's very simple. Sukkah women is going to be exempt. Why? Why? It's a mitzvah, it's a time-bound mitzvah. And Yom Kippur, a woman is going to be chayeves in all of the afflictions. Why? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a love, it's a prohibition. So because it is a prohibition, men and women are equally obligated or equally bound by all prohibitions. So why are you making this a big deal about finding a source for these things? Amr Abayi, I'll tell you why. In reality, there is a halacha l'moshe misinai, that says that women are exempt from sukkah. I so why do I need a halacha lemoshe misinai? If it seems to be a simple, straightforward halacha that women are exempt from mitzvos asei shazman grama time down mitzvos, I'll tell you why. Beitzdrich sachadai chanina teishvu kein taduru. Oh, because the Rebbe said by sukkah we have this concept that you dwell in the, the dwelling in your sukkah must mirror your year long dwelling in your home. Madira ishvi ishto, afsuka ishvi ishto. Just like when you dwell in your home, when you dwell in your home, ishvi ishto. Ultimately, again, a man dwells with his wife. So to sukkah, a man should dwell with his wife. And therefore, again, I would have thought that therefore women are obligated in sukkah. Kamash malon, kamash malon. That the halacha lemoshe misinai tells me that what that women are exempt from sukkah. In other words, what the gemara is saying over here is. Just because sukkah is a mitzvah, asay shazman grama, that would not have been enough to exempt a woman from sukkah. Why? Because sukkah has another halachic mandate. And the other halachic mandate is teshu ke'in taduru. You have to dwell in the sukkah the way you dwell in your home. Just like you dwell in your home, man and woman live together in the home. So, so too man and woman would live together in the sukkah, even though it's time bound. Kamash malon, there is a halacha lamoshe misinai that says that women are exempt from sukkah. Rava Amarava says, it's terech. I'll tell you another reason why it's necessary. Sa'adayt chamina, yoliv chamisha asar chamisha asar mechagamatos. Oh, there's another reason why I need Allah Moshe Misinai. Why? Because we'll say, remember, going back to yesterday's daf, gzeir shava tesvav tesvav, between Sukkot and Pesach. Ma'lahalon nashim chayavos, just like women are obligated in matzah, afkan nashim chayavos. So too, I would say that by Sukkot, Women are obligated as well, even on both sides. Remember, is matzah a mitzvah saseh shazman grama? Is it? Absolutely. You only have to eat it on the first night of Pesach. It's time bound. Yet women are chayavos. Gzeir shava, 15, 15, chemishas, chemishas, tesvav, tesvav. I would say just like women are chayavos in matzah, so too they're chayavos in sukkah. Even though it's time bound. 
Therefore, the halacha l'moshe misinai comes along and says, no, women are exempt. The hashda the amrit sukkah hilchasa kradamali. If that's the case now, that you're going to tell me that sukkah ultimately again that women are exempt from sukkah because of because well women are exempt from sukkah because of a halacha l'moshe misinai. Why do I need the pasuk? Right? What does the pasuk of kala ezrach? What does that come to include? The rabbos es hagerim. Interestingly enough, it comes to include it comes to include converts. That converts are obligated in the mitzvah of sukkah as well. Now, why would you think otherwise? Because the pasuk says kala ezrach biyisrael. Right? I might have thought that that only refers to naturally born Jews and not gerim. Kamash malon no. Kamash on that halacha lamaisa. Kamash malon that ha ezrach comes to include gerim as well. Yom Kippur midravi hudom rab nafka. To which the Gemara says, but one second, Yom Kippur. Why do I need the pasuk? So the Gemara says, lo nitzcha elot sefes inui. I need it only for the adding on of as well. Say, remember again. There's a concept of Tosefes by Yom Kippur, which is that we add on to Yom Kippur. Right? We start the fast early, we begin the afflictions early. I would have thought, I might have thought that Allah says, here's what's interesting. Even though there's an obligation to add on to the fast and to the afflictions of Yom Kippur, we start Yom Kippur early, right? Even though we do that, the Chi of Kares doesn't begin until actual Yom Kippur begins. So I might have thought that because that Tosefes, that added on period, is less severe, maybe women are exempt from that, right? Kamash no. Kamash that even though the Tosefes period, the added on period of Yom Kippur, doesn't have the same level of severity, women are obligated in that as well. So we'll say, it's actually really interesting because what it turns out is, I think very often we assume that the Petur for women from Sukkah is because it is a mitzvah ase shazman grama. But it turns out that that's not actually the source for the p'tur. The source for the p'tur actually is, actually is a halacha lemoshe misinai, that women are exempt. And the reason why the mitzvah ase shazman grama argument is not enough to exempt is really for two reasons. Number one, because teshvu ke'in taduru, right? That my sukkah damasa, hasraman and home damasa would seem to say that women should be obligated to dwell in the sukkah because then it resembles my home life as well. The other possibility is gzir shava tesvav tesvav. That just like women are obligated in matzah, even though again there's a mitzah sasecha as man grama, they'd be obligated in sukkah as well. So really saying it's a mitzah sasecha as man grama by itself would not be enough to exempt them. Talacha l'moshem isinai is in fact what exempts women from sukkah, which is really, really quite interesting. So let's go weiter. Says the Gemara, Amr Mar, kol l'rabos ha'saktanim. So we said before that kol comes to, Bryce said, kol comes to include that kitanim are obligated in sukkah. Really? V'hatnan, noshim v'avodim kitanim. Petura min ha But we learned in the Mishnah that kitanim are pater. So right, the Bryce said, kol comes to tell you that kitanim are obligated. But the Mishnah said that Kitanam are Potter. So what's going on over here? Lokasha. We'll say this is very interesting. Lokasha. Kan bekatan shegiya lechinuch. Kan bekatan shegiya lechinuch. If a child has reached the age of chinuch, he's obligated in sukkah. Of course, midrabanon. Midrabanon. If he hasn't reached the age of chinuch, he's not obligated in sukkah. Katan shegiya lechinuch midrabanonu. To which the Gemara says, you're right, bekatan is only midrabanon. Midrabanon ukras machta ba'ama. 
Rebosi, you're right. A cotton who reached the age of Chinuch, ultimately, again, is only Chayv Midirabanon. And when the Gemara said that Kol HaEzrak Israel, Kol comes to include Kitanim, it wasn't literally saying that we learned from the Pasek. It's an Asmachta. Right? The comes of Asmachta means sometimes the Rabbis will, 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 will legislate something and they'll find the Pasek to support that legislation. So they're darshning the word Kol to include a Katan who has reached the age of Chinuch. Doesn't mean that a katan who has reached the age of Chinuch is Chayv Midaraisa. No, he's Chayv Midrabanon, but the Pasek is an Asmachta. Katan Shinazar Ali, most of remember again the Mishnah said that even though, even though children are, are Pater from Sukkah, a child who has, doesn't require his mother is Chayiv in Sukkah. Of course, Midrabanon. Midrabanon. So I'll say it would appear that, by the way, the, the, that this is even a younger age, right? That obviously everyone agrees. Once a child reaches the age of Chinuch, there is, a, there is a rabbinic obligation for that child to come to the sukkah. The Mishnah seems to be adding in even an earlier age, that once a child doesn't need his mother, ultimately again he's chayv in sukkah. Says the Gemara, What does it mean that the child doesn't need his mother? It means the child is old enough that he's able to clean himself up after going to the bathroom and doesn't require his mother. Right, so once a child reaches that age, like a, like a certain, it's almost like a basic level of independence, where the child is able to take care of his bodily needs on his own. Ultimately, again, that's the age where a child is chayiv and sukkah midrabanon. Rabbi Shimon Abbas is very true. Shimon Omer kol shneir mishnaso ve'ino kore ima. It's when he's old enough that he wakes up and he doesn't call for his mother. Doesn't call for his mother. Okay, so the Gemara says gedolim nami karu. There are many older children, even some adults, who wake up, right, and call for their mother. Right? So why is calling for your mother, why is calling for your mother considered to be advanced? Well, listen to this. You're right. The says, Ella, ema koshener ve'eno kore ima ima. What does this mean? It means that the child is old enough where he call, wakes up and he doesn't call out ima ima. What does this mean? Look at Rashi. We'll say, what does it mean to be dependent on your mother when the child is so young that the child calls ima, 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 until when, until when, until ima comes. So that, that's, that's dependent. That's dependent. So to wake up and to call ima, and to call Ima, to call Ima once is normal. To call Ima twice even is normal. But at a certain point in time, you say, okay, you know what, I, I, I got this on my own. Ima's not coming, you won't come, whatever it might be. I, I've got this on my own. Which I will say, if you think about it, by the way, it's such an incredible yusod that from, from a hashkafic perspective, so what's, what's independence in life? Independence in life is when you are self-reliant. You're self-reliant, right? When at the, at the end of the day, you wake up, and it's normal to say ima, right? In life, it's normal to say, oh, I need this one to do this, I need this one to do that, I need ima to do this, I need abba to do that, right? Which, again, is part of our maturation, but part of becoming independent, part of becoming a mature adult is a certain sense of self-reliance, that at the end of the day, I can't keep calling ima, 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 ima until someone else comes to help me out, but I have to figure out ultimately again how to help myself as well. Let's finish up until the Mishnah says the Mishnah, Vyalda, Vyalda Kalas. Let's remember again, the Mishnah said on one hand that children, young children, especially again those who are not independent of their mother, are not chayiv in sukkah. So then the Mishnah tells a story that Shammai's daughter in law gave birth 
And what did Shammai do? He removed the roof from on top of the crib and put schach there. A baby, a newborn baby is chayv in sukkah. No one says that. To which the Gemara says, My salistar? Why does the Mishnah quote a story that contradicts the halacha that the Mishnah said? Right? You must hear what's happening over here. The Mishnah said a child who requires his mother is not obligated in sukkah. And then the Mishnah tells a story of Shammai making a sukkah on top of the cradle of an infant. So what's the pshat? To which the Gemara says, The Mishnah is missing a piece. Here's how you have to read it. The Shammai machmir. Shammai was machmir. Right? In the family of Shammai, they were machmer that even young dependent children, they, they brought them into the sukkah. And furthermore, again, how do you see the Chumrah? There was once a story. Shammai's daughter-in-law gave birth. He opened up the roof. And he put schach on top of the cradle for the baby. So Shammai was not quoting the halacha, but rather what? Shammai was quoting a chumrah. He was machmir ultimately to go ahead and put schach even for the katan who was tzarech li'imo. And we'll say this is how he passed me Allah So a katan shino tzarech li'imo, a child who has some basic level of independence from his mother, is chayiv in sukkah. A child younger than that is not going to be chayiv in sukkah. And we don't really even accept this chumrah of Shammai. This was Shammai's chumrah, but me'ikra din such a chumrah does not really even make its way into Shulchan Aruch itself. We'll say we'll stop over here, pick up with the Mishnah Mirat Hashem tomorrow. Shkoyach. Have a good day, everyone. So it's a serious muscle to Rabbi Eliezer that his sons got drunk, didn't know what time to say Kriyash or not. So you're the first guy in the basement. You're the first one. Your sons are the last ones to come back from the hospital. Right? <laughs> Right. But maybe they were also the last ones to leave the this match, you know. But uh, <laughs> you know what? It's very hard to grow up in the shadow of a great father. Right? It's not that's, 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 uh, <laughs> very, very validating.